Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Brian Cat Catanzaro and Paul Pick. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, and on YouTube. We are recapping the Miami Dolphins 2017 draft class. Some mixed grades from different analysts. Uh, Mel Kuyper gave the Dolphins a C plus. Other people gave the Dolphins a little bit of a higher grade. Paul, so uh, now that we've had some time to sleep on this, and we've taken a look at at other teams here in the league who have drafted too. Uh, how are you feeling today? Overall, pretty good. As far as a grade would go, I'd throw out in the B to B plus range. But the one thing I didn't like, now that we've really had a chance to sit and digest this, and this is something that I really tweeted out, I think, at the start of day three, I didn't like the fact that it really felt like the Dolphins had two boards up in their war room. On the left-hand side, it, it almost looked like if you went out and ran that fan speak module like you and I did, where they had just one player tied to each draft pick, and that was the guy that they were going to get no matter what. Tom Garfinkel, he put he tweeted out the whole joke that they had where, you know, supposedly Chris Greer had the Vontae Mack no matter what, like in the movie Draft Day. But it really felt like they had this obsessed lock on a very specific player for each very specific pick, and you have to be a little more open than that. It almost felt like the rest of their board was like, okay, if that guy is not there in round one, this is who, you know, these are the guys we need to look at. If that guy's not there in round two, I, I guess these are the guys we need to look at. But it, it just felt that way for me. I don't know if it felt that way for you as well. Yeah, it did a little bit, and I think there are a couple of points to that. Number one, the Dolphins at 22, my understanding is they were locked in on Charles Harris, and they were given consideration to one other player as well if Harris weren't there. Uh, I've been told from my sources that was Taco Charlton. I don't know exactly how true that is, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, and, and I think, too, when you look at it, uh, you know, I, I had heard uh, 10 or 15 picks before Raekwon McMillan was the selection. That that was the guy that they were locked in on. And then Cordray Tankersley in the third round from Clemson, uh, Armando Salguero was talking about him as a second or third round pick for the Dolphins, that they were locked on him as well. So it did seem like that, Paul. I think that's a great observation. You know, one thing I thought the Dolphins were kind of inflexible on, too, is I really would have liked to have traded down in that first round. I mean, the, and, and, and this isn't – typically I don't bring this up, but – Chris Greer said himself that the Dolphins did get trade out trade down offers and they weren't interested. I, I think they should have been interested. You take a look at what the Seattle Seahawks did. They went from 26 down to 31, down to 34, still got the player they want, wanted in, in Malik McDowell. Forrest Lamp was still there at 34. And the Seahawks got third, fourth, and seventh round pick just to move down eight spots. 
Dolphins probably could have even gotten a little bit more than that too. So I, I would have liked that trade down. Uh, there are a lot of trade downs that I that I like, and I think that they could have maximized the value uh, throughout these rounds. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. And, and this is not to discount Charles Harris. I like the selection of Charles Harris. I like what I see of this guy on tape. I like the fact that this is a guy that that's clean off the field and lives, eats, and sleeps football. And, and always seems to be striving to get better from everything that I've heard, not just from the PR packets. So I like that selection. But there were so many ridiculously talented guys in this draft that really could have helped this team. And if Miami moved down 12 spots and picked up three or four picks, that that's a no-brainer for me in this scenario because there's a lot they could have done in this particular draft based on the depth that was out there. I'm with you. The first day... Really, I mean, actually both days uh, when I looked, there was not a player the Dolphins drafted that I was unhappy. Uh, I thought every pick was a solid player, somebody that I thought would be a consideration at those spots, really from the first round with Charles Harris down to the seventh round uh, with Isaiah Ford. So, it, but yeah, I, I think that there was, there were two opportunities to have an extra three and a four. One was trading down like the Seahawks did. And number two was not trading for Leontay Carew last year. The Dolphins gave up a and fourth round pick and that's look Carew only had three catches this year he's a rookie I'm not giving up on the guy I get it but man I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't thinking throughout this draft process that um, I wish we had an extra third or fourth round pick that's what I nitpick at a little bit overall I I give the grade a b minus or a b Uh, I like the players but I, I think they missed an opportunity there to trade down and accumulate more picks so, Paul, we talked about the first day at length with Charles Harris, Raekwon McMillan, and Cordrea Tankersley. You can listen to our segments on those on the Fin side, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Spreaker, on iTunes, and on YouTube. But going down into day two, still some pretty meaty players left on the board. There really were. And really, you mean on day three, because we've, we've covered day one and day two already. Um, day three, excuse me, yeah. It, there were a lot of really good players. And, and I just want to go back to something that you, that you mentioned. Anyhow, the trade for Leonte Carew to move up to get him last year, they may have found the guy in this draft that could potentially unseat Carew. And I like Carew, but Isaiah Ford was a guy that there were a handful of folks that had a second-round grade on him and really thought that he was most hampered by the fact that he played in Virginia Tech's offense last year. When I watch this kid, if he adds a little bit of meat to his frame, which I think Miami will be able to do with him with their strength and conditioning guys, this could be an, like an absolute steal in the seventh round. He's six foot one. He's fast. He adjusts to the ball well. He's able to get off press so long as they don't get their hands into him because of his, his lean frame. And he's a guy that really could be the guy that unseats Carew. I don't see him unseating Jakeem Grant because Jakeem Grant's got other roles on this team outside of being a wide receiver. So Carew's replacement may be on the team now, and they gave up the third and the fourth round picks that they did to be able to get Carew. So they, they did kind of waste a few picks going after Carew here. Yeah, I, I think Jakeem Grant is going to be the one in trouble because uh, I think Kenyon Drake is firmly in control of that kick return spot, and I think Jarvis Landry's the punt returner. Jakeem Grant put the ball on the turf five times in the last six games as a returner last year. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they carried six guys, too. I, I, I think Carew might be safe for another year, but you never know. I mean, if, if he shows up and they don't think he's going to catch more than three passes again this year, he might be in some trouble. But yeah, Isaiah Ford was an interesting one. I'll, I'll tell you this for sure. 
if Isaiah Ford ran a four four five instead of a four six one, he would have been a third round pick at worst. Very productive at Virginia Tech, set all the records there for for catches, yards, and touchdowns. And I watched him quite a few times. I really like this guy. It was shocking for me to see him fall down to that seventh round area. Yeah, but you look at that at the day three picks: guard Isaac Asiata out of Utah, the defensive tackles uh, Davin Gotchaw and Vincent Taylor, and and uh, Isaiah Ford. All of these players, the Dolphins got a good one to two rounds after I thought they were going to be taken. So I think they got a lot of good value there. You know, the the two guys, Vincent Taylor and, and Davin Godshaw at defensive tackle, I, I thought that uh, when they when they declared early, which maybe they shouldn't have, I thought they were going to be third, fourth round picks. You end up getting them in the sixth. So good move there, too. And now it starts to create some competition at that defensive tackle spot. Yeah, I completely agree with the defensive tackle picks. I know leading up to the draft when we've done all our pre-shows and everything else one of the things that that we've talked about a lot is the fact that the real gold at the defensive tackle position is in those late round picks the only thing that surprised me i wasn't surprised they doubled down on the defensive tackle spot because they really do need some depth there it did surprise me that they went after two guys that aren't really run-stuffing defensive tackles so much as penetrating defensive tackles. And I thought the way that they were going to look at the defensive tackle position was to balance out, essentially, the defensive tackle rotation. And you get a lot of good penetration from Jordan Phillips. He hasn't held up as well against the run. And obviously, Indomitian and Sue on the other side is pretty well entrenched. So that surprised me a little bit that they went after two guys that are more penetrating defensive tackles and not the ones that hold that plug, essentially, for the two gaps there. Yeah, they they did go after some pass rushers. I, I thought they were going to look at like Stevie T from USC and Elijah Qualls from Washington. Those are really some good run stoppers left on the board there too. But yeah, I mean, the good news on these defensive tackles is that they, they do have the body types to be better run stoppers in the NFL. So a little bit of a projection there too. I, we should see them battling Nick Williams and Julius Wormsley for, for roster spots there at D-tackle. Paul, so taking a look at the whole group here, I, I think you may have touched on your grade before. What is your final grade for the Miami Dolphins 2017 draft? I'm right at the lower end of a B plus, so we'll, we'll go with the B plus there. I, I flirted with a B or, or a B plus. I like the signing of Asiata. He could come in and challenge right away. I like the defensive tackles. I think they should get into the rotation. I think Isaiah Ford could could fight for some time. I think the one least likely to see a lot of time this year is probably Cordrea Tankersley, and, and I still like the selection. Overall, they've got guys that should contribute, but they're also guys that plan for the long haul. I didn't like the fact that they seem to have tunnel vision on those picks. So that's what brings me down to that BB plus range, because there's a lot of things they could have done if they kind of expanded the scope of their vision a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to go with a B minus uh, factoring in that the Dolphins had some opportunities to get an extra third and fourth round pick. And I, I think you could have added a, a free safety and maybe another guard along the way. But overall, with each player, I was pleased with it. I, I think each player, you know, we, we could be talking about seven players who really do make the Miami Dolphins 53-man roster. That will do it for our recap of the Miami Dolphins 2017 NFL Draft Class. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and on the Spreaker as well. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the spin side. So, D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land.